Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Uh, I'm going to read to everybody from Luke chapter 2 and... Uh read to you about the incredible story that we have been hearing already and we've been singing about the coming of Jesus Christ and His birth. So in Luke chapter 2, everybody, it says this. It says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. How amazing everybody. The Bible just... Spelling out to us there that Jesus was born, as Jordan said earlier, in a feeding trough. And his birth, though, was the most spectacular night in history because the Saviour of the world was being born as a babe in a manger, a feeding trough. And he was coming, hello, to let everybody know good news for you. Good news today for everybody in this service. Good news for all, not for certain people, but for everybody that your Saviour has now come to earth and He has been born. Many people try and reach out uh, through various ways to get God's attention or thinking if I be good, then I can get into heaven. I will be, I'll be fine. And then God knows we can't. So he said, I love you so much and so want you to be in relationship with me and be saved and have eternal life that he sent his only son in the form of a babe. And uh, so amazing is this story because it's so simple yet incredibly detailed and incredibly technical. Everybody, it's so simple but so detailed and so incredibly technical. And Friday night I was talking about the star that the the men who uh, travelled, the wise men from the east, the astrologers, the stargazers who walked over a thousand kilometres to follow that star. And really that star, uh, as we just heard also, is the star of hope. And that star was leading them to the place of Jesus and the birth of Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, you may not have seen a star on the way to church, but you may have had a friend invite you to church. You may have had somebody you study with invite you to church. You may have a relative who's become a Christian who invited you to church. Everybody, that's not the supernova that they saw, but you need to know that that is God's star shining on you through a person, through a leaflet, through a, a website and a, on the internet. You know, that was God's star shining, say, come now. 
come now. I'm coming to you 2,000 years later and uh, I want you also to know me. I want you also to be saved and I want you to receive my life and my forgiveness. And uh, so it's not just for certain people. I'm always very interested how some people say, oh yes, I'm not a church person. Always fascinated by that. I'm like, do people think that when babies are born that in the birthing suite they go, oh wow, a church person. (laughs) Oh, not a church person. Everybody, that is in no way how it happens. I didn't become a church person, I became a Christian. I wasn't a Christian. I didn't understand the Bible. I didn't understand God. I was blind to it, if you like, really in reality. Couldn't see it, couldn't understand it. And this is why the Christian life uh, is not natural, it's supernatural. You know, we watch uh, some religious services put on around the world and it's very outward. People come in, there's no change, they go out, no change. That is not the gospel. Let me say it again. That is not the gospel. The true gospel of Christianity is that you come one way to Jesus, whatever that way is, and you leave different. Let me say it again. You come one way. You come in not knowing God, not understanding Him. Though you may go to church, though you may be religious, or though, like me, you had a religious childhood, but there was no power, there was no revelation, there was no understanding. But when you come to Jesus and open your heart and say, thank you for coming for me, that you, that you might be my Saviour. And what, is, what, is, what does that mean, Saviour? He wants to save you from a life without Him. When you live your life without Jesus, it doesn't matter what you do, where you've been. Look, I've lived in London, been around lots of places in America. I've lived in great places, been to great places. And all of it, even being invited to some of the nicest places, all of it was meaningless without God. Meaningless. And so this morning, everybody, God wants to save you from you. (laughs) How's that for good news? And And what He wants to do is save you from the meaninglessness of not living your life knowing Him and not walking in the purpose and plan that, listen, He's actually designed you for. There's a design plan for your life. There is a design plan for you. Every person here, there is a design plan that's actually in you. And then when I became a believer, uh, and by the way, I had to humble myself and humble myself and become a believer in Jesus Christ, understanding that I do not know it all. Understanding that I have not changed the world, neither have you. And understanding that Jesus changed the world in three years. And I still laugh about it because in three years I lost, I went for my driving test twice and lost my license. That was my achievement in three years. (laughs) Working to get it, then lost it. Woo, changed the world. Jesus changed the world in three years. And then gave his life up on the cross for you and I that we might be saved. Saved in this life, saved. And I've been saved into the purpose for which I was created. My childhood worked against that. My childhood worked to, you know, uh, my, my parents had lots of pain. Their parents had lots of pain. We just lived in pain and we fumbled along. And then I became a believer uh, to the star. <laughs> God using people to point me to Him. And uh, then when I got saved, the 
God began to bring about the very gifts in, and in my wife Sue, the two of us, what God had put in us at conception, He was now bringing out, we were understanding, oh my gosh, we've been made with a purpose. This, this, is a, this is a plan, but I was blind to it. I couldn't see it before, but now I'm seeing God had a plan for my life and, uh, and for Sue's and then for our children and our grandchildren's lives, amen. So uh, the, we just heard to, you know, the whole of the gospel is about hope, hope in this life, but also hope in the next life. You know, Isaiah says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful. Come on, the God we serve is wonderful. He'll be called Counselor. I think all of us need counselling probably quite regularly. Good news is when you walk with God, the Holy Spirit will counsel you. God will help you. God will be helping you uh, find answers in His Word. And also in life, God will be, especially when you become believing and you come into God's house, God starts putting people around you to help give you counsel to do life well. He's an everlasting Father. I love that. Maybe you have had a good father. Praise God if you have. We're so glad. That is fantastic. But if you haven't, God wants to be your father. And He wants to be close to you. And He wants to comfort you and help you and come alongside you. He's the Prince of Peace. God wants to fill you with peace. So many people have no peace. Everybody, Jesus came to help you. Uh, have peace. Australia is the second or third most medicated nation in the Western world. Second or third. What? We have a lot of us, you know, are doing well compared to the rest of the world, compared to the rest of the world. Yet people are anxious and they're worried and they've got so many things. Here's the good news. I give all of my anxiety to God and then I go to bed. <laughs> Lord, there's my fears. There's my worries. Uh, Take care of them. Thank you. I'm going to sleep. Amen. And uh, that's what God wants you to do. You can cast all your cares upon Him when He is, well, particularly, you can do it now, but when He's the Lord and Saviour of your life, He's your Father and He cares for you and He wants to take those concerns for you. You know, the Bible says some, there's little details. I love it. There's little details. If you look deeper throughout the stories in the Scripture, but also... In this story of Jesus' birth, there are details that sometimes we, like, we miss. We're like, oh, yeah, right, and move on. But the Bible talks about the fact that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes, cloths. Those cloths, that, that was not what you did with babies when they were born. In actual fact, what that was about was Jesus was being wrapped tightly like they would do with newborn lambs when they were uh, being protected and they were born because... The lambs in Israel were different to uh, other lambs, in the, particularly in the sense when they were uh, being born and cared for in the town. Much of the sheep and the lambs that were being looked after, everybody, so you know, that was looked after in the wilderness. They were not being looked after uh, by night as well, but not also in the town. So usually they were being looked, they would be shepherds out and the shepherds had a bit of a bad reputation. They were rough, they were tough, they were dirty. And they'd be out in the wilderness. But the Bible tells us that these were shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. They didn't normally watch their flocks by night. Why do they watch these flocks by night? It's hidden within the fact that Jesus was in swaddling clothes, as I said. 
These weren't just normal shepherds who were actually there that we hear, you know, the shepherds watched their flocks by night. They were actually priests. If you look through history and look through, uh, you know, the history of the church with the history of that time, you discover they were actually priests who were shepherding lambs that would be used in the temple as sacrifices to God. And so they would watch them even in the night to make sure that the lambs had no damage done to them. There would be no blemish. There would be no injury. So when Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloths, it was to say, this is the Lamb of God. And even in His birth, He is to be protected because ultimately He's going to give His life for you and I. Listen, the perfect sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice. In the Old Testament, if they offered something that was not perfect to God, it really was talking about the insincerity of heart. It was talking about God not having His rightful place. And, uh, and so God's perfect offering, listen to this, of Himself for you is actually breathtaking. God was coming in the form of a babe, to earth and then giving Himself as the perfect sacrifice for your sin, your rebellion, your indifference, your resistance to God. And so in Him doing that, it's actually His detailed, breathtaking love. Let me say that again. It's His detailed, breathtaking love. And hidden within the story is the fact that, hang on a minute, Jesus has been wrapped like the lambs over here, being looked after by the shepherds slash priests at the temple because He is the final lamb. He is the final lamb that will be sacrificed for the sins of man. He is the final lamb. And uh, in His sacrifice now, all humanity, every person, every person in this room right now, you in this room, listen, you can be saved. You can receive eternal life. You can meet the Saviour. Or you can stay in your sin. You can stay in your indifference. You can stay in your rebellion. And here's the bizarrest, wildest thing. God will let you. God will let you. Why? Because He's given you free will. God doesn't want anybody being a robot. He wants relationship with you. So God doesn't want you being a robot. He doesn't want you being religious. He came that you would have relationship with Him. You would move from your rebellion, move from your indifference, move from your resistance. Some of us, the only reason we won't be in eternity is because we continue to resist God. Why do we do that? Because we know better. Hang on, let me say that again. Because we think we know better. So these shepherds in the fields surrounding Bethlehem, they weren't out in the wilderness. They weren't the regular priests. They weren't the regular shepherds. They, in fact, were the priests who would offer up the lambs. No blemish. They had to be completely unharmed. And there would be a final inspection to make sure there was no damage. And now Jesus was being born and wrapped the same way. And only for those who looked on for the detail. Where's all the detail, people? As a Christian, you want to get more detail. 
as a non-Christian or a not yet Christian, you need to get extra detailed, extra detailed. Because when you begin to look and see, you go, what? <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. These shepherds were watching over them even in the night. Here's a little side thought for all the believers. Watch your heart in the night. Shepherd your own heart. Believers, shepherd your own heart. Shepherd your own heart in the night hours, the days that are dark. Shepherd your heart back to God. And, uh, and give your heart to this chief shepherd and say, Lord, keep my heart free from temptation, evil and sin. And Lord, I'll bring my heart back to you again. Somebody here today, you need to return your heart to God. You need to give it back to God. Resign from the position of trying to be the shepherd. Resign, say, Lord, I'm resigning of being the shepherd, as in the major shepherd, not shepherding your own heart, but you are the shepherd of your life. You're the, you're the demigod. It's a good day when we say, Lord, I resign from that. Jesus, you are God. Be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life. So you see, everybody, God's plan for your salvation, it is incredibly costly. For Mary, what was 140 Ks on a donkey, nine months pregnant, to come to Bethlehem to give birth to Jesus? The wise men, the Persians from the east, over a thousand kilometres, probably 1,400 kilometres. Everything is detailed. 300 prophecies. For everybody who thinks, oh no, it's not for me. Really? There are 300 detailed prophecies of Jesus coming, His birth, His life, His death. The fact that they came together and happened is beyond you winning the lottery. It's beyond. It's not an accident. It's a plan. So everybody, if you open your heart and come not glibly to God, oh yeah, Christmas, nice thing to do at Christmas. But if you come and say, God, I did not know. I don't even now understand the fullness of this. But the miraculous of the detail in everything, God, help me to see you, help me to understand you. And God goes, I will. (laughs) I'll come into your heart. I'll come into your life. I'll birth you by the Holy Spirit into my kingdom. And then I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. How good is God? And here's the thing. Because Jesus became the final lamb when He died on the cross for you and me, And His blood was shed. That was God's blood being shed. (laughs) That was God's broken body on the cross for you. Like, what? How? Amazing. Here's the thing. God has already paid the account for your sin. God has paid the account for your resistance. God has paid the account for your defiance. Where's all my defiant friends? Don't raise your hand. I know you're in the building. I have a few friends. I was like that. Your stubbornness to God, He's paid the price. And uh, Charles Leslie said that we've been reconciled. God and man reconciled. That means the, the account has been settled. The account has been settled. And all we have to do is receive it. It's been settled. It's paid. All you have to do now is receive it. I talked on Friday night, you know, how the innkeeper, where when Joseph and Mary went to try and find somewhere for her to give birth, you know, 
and looking for a room in the inn and the innkeeper was like, hey, I've got no, no room, you know, and pushed them on, drove them on. I thought, imagine, and I'm just imagining he got saved because he would have seen, you know, the, the star, he would have heard all the commotion, everything was going on. I'm sure he was in heaven. Can you imagine being in heaven and finding out you were the one who said to Jesus, no room for you? <laughs> the travel lodge. <laughs> uh, travel lodge, I know that's me and now I'm in heaven, thanks. But imagine, you're the one who said no. And in heaven, the revelation comes. And by the way, the Bible says once to die, then the judgment. But it also says absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we're in God's presence uh, when we die. How amazing is that? But the response given by the innkeeper really is an analogy for humanity. That story wasn't just put in there so that we knew that he was a meanie at the travel lodge of the manager. That wasn't in there for that. It was there for us. Because I'm sure that one of the reasons he was saying no to them was his hands were full, his mind was preoccupied. This travel lodge, we're booked out. He's probably too busy. You know, this is the answer that millions are giving to God around the world all the time. Jesus is coming to their life through an invitation, through a friend. Jesus is coming to you today through somebody you know invited you, your relative, your parent, your child invited you, workmate. Jesus is coming all the time. And what happens is we're just like the innkeeper who said, Jesus, so no room for you. Uh, Move along, move along, move along. Many people, listen to this, will be lost in eternity, not because they're, they're just evil people, they're just, they're, these wicked people will be lost, but I am good. Sorry, everybody. If you could get into heaven because of your goodness, Jesus would never have to do- come, then die such a cruel and terrible death if it was down to your goodness. It has nothing to do with your goodness. Some people say, but I'm a good person. It has nothing to do with that. Because also the Bible says, there are none good, none righteous, no, not one. And then people say, yeah, but I'm a believer. I I believe in Him, but I don't follow Him, but I believe. The devil believes in Him. The devil believes in God. So right now, you and Him are together in line. (laughs) You both believe in Him, but the devil's not going to heaven. What's the difference? The difference is, and this is, as I said, many will be lost merely because all the accommodations in their heart are already taken up with other crowding interests. That is the major reason people will not be in eternity because all the accommodations in their heart, all of us are innkeepers (laughs) and our heart is the rooms. And all the accommodations in your heart are already taken up by other crowding interests. The response of the people around our planet and including people here today is not that they're in majority atheists, not even that they're defiant. It is the feeling that I can get on without Jesus because I alone am enough. And that will be the main reason that many people will be lost in eternity. Some of you here right now, you'll be lost in eternity, not because you were evil, 
Not because you did anything particularly bad, but because you never opened the accommodations of your heart. Your heart was filled with all things that, listen, ultimately, the things in our lives that we fill our lives with ultimately are of nil importance. And when you get to the end of your life, you will not be on your deathbed and say, could you just turn on my Facebook page? (laughs) Just need to get a message out. You won't be trying to do another shift at work. You won't be thinking, how can I set up my Instagram photo? You will be going, my life is ending now. Which it will soon. Your life will end quickly. Life is fleeting by. It's a flash. So as as I just said, the main reason many will be lost and you may be lost is merely because the accommodations in your heart are taken up by other crowding interests. It is the feeling that I can get on without Jesus I am alone enough and I'm too busy. Everybody, God has come and He's coming to you today that you might be saved in 2023. I can't tell you the difference it is when you become a believer and Jesus Christ comes into your life. It's like being in a dark room and the light comes on. It's like I can't see, but now I can see. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle, I'm lonely in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you've come in today and you've got internal yokes, on the outside you're like, yeah, hey everybody, Merry Christmas, but on the inside you're weighed down. Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. He's like, come to me, give me your labour, give me your heavy laden. Listen, I'm gonna give you rest. And he goes, I'm, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, follow me. I'm gonna to begin to lift the burden and the yoke off your heart and off your mind. I love Zephaniah 3 verse 17 says, for the Lord your God is living among you. When you walked in this morning, you thought, oh, it feels different in here. Yeah, it does. Because He's here living amongst us. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in His name, Jesus is there in the midst. Goes on and says, He's a mighty Saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, listen to this, He will calm your fears. It says all your fears. All your fears. He will calm all your fears. And He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I love that. God's partying over you. When you're saved, He is parting. He is dancing. And my, my son, my daughter that was lost is now saved. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Everybody, that can be the start of your life today. You can have fear leave. You can have anxiety go. God today can start something that seriously will break the back of anxiety that some of you have had for decades. God wants to break it. The answer for your life is not in drugs. It's not in alcohol. It's not in going from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. The answer for our hearts is the Saviour of the world, Jesus Christ. And as I said on Friday night, Corrie ten Boom, the Dutch Christian, who hid the Jews along with her parents and her sister, and she ended up in a concentration camp. 
And, uh, and in the concentration camp, I still, the story amazes me, they got lice infested. And Corrie ten Boom said to her sister, this is good because the guards aren't coming in. We could be giving the Gospel to everybody before they die in the concentration camp. She knew that in difficulty, this was the moment that God would use her. But she said this too, she said, though Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost eternally today. Everybody, though you go to Christmas celebrations for the rest of your life, though you (laughs) sing Christmas carols, if Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem, but not in you, how tragic, how sad, because Corrie ten Boom was right, then you would still be lost eternally. God doesn't want you lost eternally. He wants you saved and He wants you in His Kingdom. Come on, He wants you saved and He wants you in His Kingdom. I think I need to say it one more time. He wants you saved and He wants you in His Kingdom. And here's the amazing thing. It's just unbelievable, like unbelievable. Like if you're God, right, you'll be telling us all what to do, right? You're God, you'll be saying, I'll do this, do that for me, do this. Jesus says, choose me, choose me. Free will, it's a choice. He says, choose me. If you were God, would you do that? (laughs) Would you? You're like, yes, I would. (laughs) No, you wouldn't. If you're God, you'd you'd be dictating the terms. Yet Jesus says, choose me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Souls. The greatest rest you can have is eternal peace, knowing your eternal life is right with God. I know this afternoon, if I go home and then you suddenly don't see me next week, something happened, right? It can happen to anybody. I have total peace. My life is right with God. I know where I'll be. I know where I'll be. He lives in me. And a week after I became a Christian, I'll never forget. No one told me. I, I didn't even know what the Bible said about it, really. But I just knew I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Why don't you eat Christmas lunch this year? Not with the outward experience of it all, which is still nice. I love it all. I love the tree. I love the whole thing. But the internal reality of 2023, I made peace with God. You asked Jesus to forgive you and He came in. He washed away your sin. And you were born by the Holy Spirit and the lights came on. Perth's sky is pretty blue. But I'm going to tell you this. When Jesus comes into your life and you humbly invite Him, humbly invite Him. Here's what happens the next day. Was it that blue yesterday? Was it that blue? Jesus turns on the lights and everything is brighter, more beautiful, more valuable. Everything changes. Why? Because the Son of God, the Saviour of the world, is not living out there now. He's now living in here. May He live in you this Christmas. Can somebody say Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. 
If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.